Welcome along to episode 38 of the Top Loaded Podcast. And it's a great week because World Cup Prism is here. And then by the time the next episode out, the World Cup is here. But we're going to focus on a few other bits before we maybe do our predictions at the end of the episode. And then we look back on it and we're horrifically wrong. Everything was wrong and we're embarrassed. But first of all, Harry, as we're recording this, it's been a great weekend of sport. It's on the Sunday night we're recording this, but... How are you? Yes, yeah, very well. I think after a very uh, successful weekend of sport, not just for for football and Arsenal, but obviously for uh, F one as well. Um, but no, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, not too bad. Going into uh, another week, um, another close, another week closer to uh, South Coast Card Show. Um, but yeah, no, very well. Thanks, Ronnie. How are you, mate? Yeah, brilliant. Great, absolutely great weekend from Arsenal to England cricket to. The one we're going to talk about first, I know a very good friend of the podcast, Mr. Harry Reynolds, who does run the London Card Show, and his beautiful George Russell collection is going to be over the moon because the boy has finally delivered a lovely race win. How good was that to see? And I think there's a lot of people who won't admit it, but were actually welling up a bit when George crossed that line and started crying. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I think Mercedes have found, finally found their sort of their breaking point in terms of the speed of the car, the consistency of the car. It's been a tough season for Mercedes, but um, yeah, no, definitely I think for, for George to win the sprint race and then to go and obviously win the race as well with Hamilton close behind him in second. Um, yeah, I don't think Mercedes could have asked for for a better weekend. Obviously, yes, Red Bull already won the championship and Verstappen's already won the Drivers' Championship, but yeah, I think Mercedes can look at it as a positive. Um, but no, yeah, for George Russell, it's a massive, massive achievement. And as you said, yeah, I'm sure Harry's uh, laughing in his bedroom right now at the price of his uh, George Russell PT. has probably just gone through the absolute roof. Um, and I've seen a lot of people asking to try and get ticket or like buy like the tickets for the the Grand Prix this weekend. Obviously, get it slabbed up as Russell's first ever F1 F1 victory. Um, but no, yeah, it's been a long time coming, and yeah, Russell thoroughly thoroughly deserves it. Yeah, it's an absolute great thing to see. And obviously the first time ever that God Save the Kings actually played at a motor racing sport, like especially F1, especially ever, because, yeah, well, it's a very long time ago since it was played and not just because of the Kings and Raining Mullet, but like I say, it was a fantastic. It was actually a very good race as well. Actually, a lot of stuff happened and it weren't your typical F1 race of the first lap and then you look at the last lap, but... Otherwise, as well, it was an early start today. Well, not really that early, but obviously had the England cricket T20 as well. I know a lot of people listening to this are like, oh, cricket, who okay? But England won the World Cup cricket. Hopefully, it's an omen for what's going to come in a couple of weeks. But another fantastic day, white ball champions. And then we've got to mention it because everyone knows us by now. It weren't a bad victory last night either. No, no, it definitely wasn't. It was... Uh... An interesting first half, um, but uh, yeah, to come out of the blocks in the second half, obviously come away. We were top of the table for Christmas anyway, obviously having been with City losing to, to Brentford. Um, but yeah, to, to come out with another win and go five points clear going into Christmas. Um, I think I think I had a mess, I, had a, I was speaking to North Bank Collector on Instagram, I think, uh, the weekend, and he was saying, you know, when, when do we start to believe? And I've said, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself just yet. I think wait till a couple of games back after after the break, after Christmas, and see how we're doing then. But yeah, to be at the top of the table after uh, after going into Christmas and five points clear, we probably couldn't really ask for much more come the start of the season. So yeah, now buzzing, can't ask for much more. No, and I think this is a perfect segue because 
if anyone is watching along this on YouTube or whatever, yeah, you might see my eyes keep drifting down to left. And I'm putting a disclaimer there. I am in a cage break at the moment for prison. So if, if I hit something big, you'll definitely know about it. So I'm keeping an eye on that. But I think it's the perfect way to start because when we tried to preview World Cup prison last week before it came out. And obviously now it's in full motion. There's cases, tons of cases have been ripped. I'm in love with it. I actually really do like this product. I know people are saying the print runs higher and everything like that, but I think it's a beautiful looking product. Yeah, definitely. I think since then we recorded the last episode, um, there's also been, like I was saying to earlier, there's been a lot more hits and a lot more hits of the different like national landmarks, different mangoes, and we've probably got a, a much more neutral feel to World Cup Prism. And I think... I actually still stand by my opinion on last episode in terms of manga. Um, it's a very mixed bunch. And we were saying before we went live, it's one of those things where it's like there's a, a handful of good cards in the manga sets. There's also a handful that just really are bizarre card designs. But yeah, Welcome Prison, I think, is obviously in, is in full swing now. And there's been some lovely hits already so far. Um, obviously, I won't say too much about the card that you hit because I'm sure you'll get into that shortly. Um, but no, yeah, love, love World Cup Prism. And I'm sure, I know you already got into some breaks, but I might have to look at dabbling into a few. Uh, it's, you haven't quite twisted my arm just yet. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's still there's still time in the next couple of days, probably at this rate. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I've, I've been buying into some case breakers, breaks, especially on eBay when you get the odd player spot. And sometimes it can be very cheap. And I've, I think it's the perfect place to start because I've actually got a bit lucky this week. There was a case break, and he's laughing at this. He knows what's coming. <laughs> but I was in a break of a uh, World Cup prism. And uh, I thought, oh, actually, let me buy into a few spots. Obviously, everyone knows by now I'm buying Granite Jacker spots left, right, and center because that's just what I'm going to do, especially for World Cup prism. But there's another Swiss player that I really like. I've always enjoyed watching him play. And he's playing really well for Monaco at the moment. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to buy into Bruin Bolo for a few spots. And lucky enough, I got this one with North of Seven cards. And I thought, oh, I'll get him Bolo as well. Funny enough, I didn't get the Jacker spot. Someone outbid me last minute. So I was fuming with that. So it left me with one spot in the break. And they normally say one spot magic. And then this was about... 10 boxes into the case and I was like I'm giving up here and then this happens and I'm just I'm bolo to 10 gold the the gold is just a beautiful colour of prism and I think it's one of the nicest parallels out there and believe it or not that is my first hit of prism I've, I had one other break before this and I hit nothing so officially my first hit of the World Cup 2022 prism is Mbolo gold and it just looks so clean, this gold, that I think some of these big hit players, their cards are going to go for a fortune. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't you can't really argue in your... Was it, you said it was your first case break, wasn't that? I think, yeah. Obviously, you come in to get Bruno and Bolo in. I mean, what are the chances that you end up coming out with a, uh, with a to 10? Um, I mean, yeah, big, big hit. And, you know, the way he's playing for Monaco at the moment and going to the World Cup as well, so... Who knows what can happen with that with that card price if he comes out with the uh, the golden boot winner or you know the little little star boy of the uh, the World Cup then who knows but um, but no yeah massive massive hit and you know fair fair play to your luck was uh hope you bought a lottery ticket that night because luck was certainly on your side yeah literally it was, it's quite a funny story because as soon as that hit it was must have been about half eleven I was watching it back and I was half asleep anyway 
And then I was like, I can't, I can't celebrate just in case this is not my break. Because he was doing back-to-back prison breaks. And I think it went from one all the way to seven. And I had number three. And I was like, I've got to double check this, triple check this, quadruple check. And I, now I'm waiting for it to land in my box in America. Because, like I say, it's a lovely card. And I think that's one. I'm not the biggest guy for PSA. But I think it's going to have to go to PSA. But I'll probably convince myself to send it SGC anyway. Because, like I say, it's a lovely card. And think this prism they've really got the parallels right with the color schemes because sometimes there's some products they're doing the gold is a bit it's a bit iffy sometimes but that gold looks like a pure gold so it's interesting to see what it looks like in hand i know we've seen some of the big hits already uh we've seen some of the one of one some of the autos i've seen pele autos quite a bit looks like honestly looks like a lovely card and i think they've done really well this year um and there's some big rookies in there obviously now it's a bit strange because now we know the World Cup squads are out. There's some players in the product who are not going to the World Cup and there's some people not in the product who are going to the World Cup. So naturally there's going to be some cards that are... I don't know what it's going to do with their value because realistically some of these players' prices shouldn't be that high because they're not even there. I don't know what you think with it because it's a very strange situation that they're in a World Cup product but they're not even going to the World Cup. Yeah, I think like we think it's the sort of story of the, the hobby's life is that the hobby hype can boost the player's price no matter what the current situation is. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of a couple of players that aren't going to the World Cup that are in World Cup prison, the price is still so high just because of their... I think the the hobby, sort of the word, the, like the prospect almost, the hobby hype, I guess, um, in terms of what decides their, their price. Um, but, yeah, it's weird to have players that are going to the World Cup that aren't even in... In the in the prisms in the prism checklist prism set, um, but oh yeah, we, we've definitely seen some some big hitters already. I know we'll see our good friend Lou El Trade Soccer. We saw the uh, the black one of one Rodrigo uh, Redemption Auto up on eBay for was it fifty k? <laughs> um, yeah, I think his jaw hit the floor when uh, when he, when that picture come through to the group chat. Um, but oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's a lovely set. We've had some big hits already, but. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird the way they released the checklist so early, not having the players confirmed that are going or not having the teams that obviously have qualified yet. So, yeah, it's weird. Obviously, they can't really delay it any further, obviously, in terms of releasing the products. Literally, was released, what, two two weeks before the World Cup. Um, obviously, a lot of sort of processing before that. So, but yeah, it's just a bit random sometimes, isn't it? When obviously you get the, the teams, that the players, sorry, that obviously are going to be there, but aren't even in the checklist. Definitely, I think... Like I say, it's impossible for them to wait for... Literally, there's some teams that haven't even announced their squad yet, so they, they can't start manufacturing it next week and then it won't be out till next February. So, like I say, I think they've done quite a good job, actually, of the players they're playing. A lot of them are going to the World Cup, and especially case hits. I can't remember seeing a case hit of someone who's not going to the World Cup, which is obviously great as well. Obviously, there's some injuries that stop people going, but that's just unlucky, and especially at this point of the season. So... I think, I think there's been a lot of nice cards so far. I don't know if there's any cards in particular so far that you've seen that you think, oh, I'd really like to own that one or and like that. Because I think with this World Cup, you've got the landmarks. Colour wheels, I'm not seeing that often. I, I, I know it hasn't really been released yet in terms of how common they are, but definitely you've seen a lot more landmarks, which are case hits. National Pride as well, case hits. Colour wheels are not really popping up, but is there any cards you've seen so far that you're like, oh, I'd really like to add that one to the PC. Yeah, it's weird. I think maybe probably along with a few other people, maybe obviously in terms of the PC, it's weird. Like I always, 
we'll always collect the Arsenal players and the Arsenal kits. I wouldn't always do it when seeing their international kits. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. I don't really know why. Like, so see, for me, like the Thomas Party National Landmarks, as we've seen that pulled. Obviously, I'd love to add that. I love National Landmark, but it's even like, it's, it's just random. Like, I don't, something that stops me. It's not an Arsenal kit or it's not like the Arsenal jersey. So, but for me, I think, I think I said to you earlier, they, was it the Australia National Landmarks, Matt Ryan? I think the card design on that's unbelievable. I think it's such, such a nice card design. Um, but I think out of all the ones that I've seen so far, in Arsenal aside, just purely on card design, I really like the Western McKenney manga. Yeah, I think the actual card design it's it's a little bit on the cartoony side, um, but obviously not as cartoony as some of the others. But for me, I think that Western McKinney manga is a really really nice card. Um, obviously, Saka manga as well. Probably the two that I would lean towards the most in terms of picking up. And then obviously, yeah, the Thomas Party National Landmarks closely behind. I will say this through gritted teeth, but I love obviously the England National Landmarks. Obviously, being a Brit. But because Harry Kane's on that card, nah, doesn't even get that much more of a mention. No. And for anyone who don't know the print run on some of the cards, there is a Crack the Ice Parallel, which is a beautiful one in Premier League Prison, which is numbered to 23. World Cup, it's not numbered. But for anyone watching this, that is a lovely Mbolo Crack the Ice, which is heading into the PC. So that was the first hit of the break. I just had to... You just pulled that? Yeah, it's a non-numbered parallel, but it's a hit's a hit, so I'm... Uh, it seems like Mbolo, I'm riding the luck with him at the moment. Success so. rate is very That's high. Why I'm literally, I'm like, oh, oh, what's that? I'm like, ah, there it is, Mbolo. Of course it is. But yeah, I think, like you say, some of the national landmarks have been really nice. I think I was looking through some of them. I see the Christian Pulisic one, which was, I actually, it's a really nice card design. I like what they picked for the landmarks on it. Um, Sack, obviously, second manga, absolutely beautiful card. It's a really nice one. The one I did see the other day, which I thought was a lovely card, was um, the manga. But I actually really like the Diogo Jota one. Never going to buy it. We're going to look at some of them in a second. But it's just, a, like as we were saying, some of them are super cartoony. Some of them a bit more realistic. So it's quite an interesting. I'd love to hear from whoever designed them at Panini of why some of them are super cartoony and some of them are not. But we're going to have a look at some of them now because obviously eBay have got quite a lot up, and obviously the prices range from extortionate to very extortionate. I think, I think we've seen the Martinelli go from anything between seven fifty dollars to about two thousand dollars. Obviously, opening week, people are just desperate to buy it, and they can't wait. They literally cannot wait like two weeks for it to drop in price, and then they ruin the comps. But we're going to flick through eBay now just to see some of the um, ones that have been hit so far because. Like we say, a lot of them are being pulled now. And just looking along here, this is literally just literally looking on eBay. So I know you're quite a fan of this Darwin Nunes one, and it's one of the more cartoony ones, but it works quite well, I think, that one. Yeah, I think the Darwin Nunes is very similar to the Western McKenney one. Um, I know it's very cartoony, it's very sort of marbly, but I don't know what it is. It's, just, it's, very, it's a very clean design. Um, like I said, some of them are, are very cartoony and just... I just don't see the, the sort of the the hype around them or the love around them. But there's a couple of them like like the Dublin and there's like the Western McKenney and that are very, very nice, nicely designed. Um, you know, so you've got the the Shabby there or the Havy there, sorry, should I say. Um, which again, they are got a very strong hint of marble to them. 
Um, but no, yeah, but for me, Western McKenney and Saka were the two that stand out. But yeah, the Darwin ones was very, very nice. Yeah, I think just looking through as we slowly scroll through, I feel I I know should have really. I feel so sorry for Ricardo Pepe. He's the face of night for the U.S. men's national team. He's got the case hits, and he was left out of the U.S. squad. I feel so bad for him because he's done all of these promo pictures leading up to it. Thought, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to the World Cup, and then he doesn't make the squad. So I feel honestly do feel for the kid, but like I say, he's still a very young player and hopefully a rebound back for the next World Cup. And if you're a US men's national team player, the next World Cup's going to be massive being in Canada, Mexico, and obviously the US itself. But as we've just scrolled in, this is one of your favourite ones. We've just come up to Weston McKenney, and we're going to scroll for a few more afterwards after you talk about this one. But then we're going to look at sold prices as well, which is going to be intriguing. But it, I, I've got to, I have to admit that is quite a cool one, the McKenney. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it or it's not, it's not a detail that... I think that's what does it. But I just think the actual car design, that's that superhero-like, cartoony, marvel effect, I think it just looks like an absolutely sick card. Like, you don't really tend to get, last City before, apart from sort of the marvel inserts and the road to Qatar, um, this is probably, especially as a case hit, it's such a nice car design. Like, the actual superhero effect. But, yeah, for me, that Western McKinney one stands out like a sort of fun. Obviously, my... Eddie, obviously Saka, obviously Foden, as we're scrolling just onto Foden now with his obviously bleach blonde hair. Um, obviously, like we said before, this random Jürgen Klinsmann that just happens to appear out of nowhere. Like, it's a yeah, Germany legend, but no relevance to, to the World Cup next week whatsoever. Obviously, yeah, there we go. Bukaya Saka as well. That is probably another one of my favourites. I think it's pretty pretty cool card design. Um, obviously, the lit there as well. The price of them are a bit all over the place. I think, you know, a lot of them are either range from obviously a hundred dollars start up to like three and a half grand for the the hobby. So yeah, it's really sort of sparse. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like Lewandowski, four and a half grand. Um obviously yeah, Dybala. The Pulisic one is pretty sick. I think, you know, I think that for me, USA probably got the two nicest manga cards in in the set. Um obviously Pulisic and obviously Weston McKenney. But yeah, I think obviously it all comes down to obviously the player themselves in terms of the, the value. Obviously, Lewandowski is an incredible player up at, you know, three and a half grand, four and a half grand, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some, some lovely cards in there and obviously Son, massive in, obviously in the UK for Spurs. Um, obviously, Jeremy Doku in there, Lozano, Mason Mount. Um, yeah, I mean, 500, what's it, five, four, five grand, Jesus, for Martinelli. Um, Van Dyke, that's $200, that's low for a Van Dyke, I yeah. think. But no, yeah, so some lovely, lovely pickups in there. Obviously, prices do differ quite significantly. Currently, um, but yeah, I think obviously we give it sort of a couple of weeks. I think you'll start to see the prices sort of start to mellow out. Um, I mean, yeah, Garza National Landmark, some lovely, lovely card designs in there. Yeah, definitely. I think just scrolling through, you can see such such a varied design. And what I think they do capture very well is obviously the whole point of the National Landmarks is to actually have the country behind it. And I think that's what makes it so unique is that every single card is different and very unique to the country of the player. And for example, looking at this Petri one, it's fantastic because so many lions and I've just realized I've got the ball to ones. I know one person who very much want that in his PC. That's definitely El Toro is definitely going to try and get that. But then having a little bowl of pa- uh, paella next to it as well. Fantastic. It's just like a bit different. Like, you go through Poland. Lovely. There's the Harry Kane one. 
with obviously double decker bus, Big Ben, London Eye, the Gherking, and a telephone box. It's just a shame it's the player on it, which I know a lot of people will be liking. But for us, really, really wish it was Saka or Ramsdale or even Ben White now, but they would never have put Ben White in. Here's the Christian Pulisic. Even Bellingham, player. for that matter. <laughs> yeah, Bellingham. Any realistically, anyone apart from a Tottenham player would have been suffice for me. But this is one of my favourite ones. The Christian Pulisic one, I think, is incredible. And obviously, Panini have nailed the, this one. I think you've got Golden Gate Bridge, you've got Mount Rushmore, Statue of Liberty. You've got um, a. I actually don't know the instrument, but it's obviously representing Hawaii. And then you've got the Hollywood. You've got my favourite bit on it, a burger. Yeah, I probably need to go back to the gym because that's probably my that's probably my thing. I'm not burger and a training guard, perfect. But like we say, I think the Alfonso Davis one, like just such a great one. And I think the Alfonso Davis, my favorite one is the maple syrup getting poured onto the pancakes. What a great idea! It's, it's simple, but it's just such a great. Now we go off national landmarks, but it's just such a great idea from Panini, the national landmarks, obviously. They're super popular from the last World Cup. And how they're going to, the price, I think now like they average between, I think about 100 to 500 from the last World Cup. Obviously, there's some will go for more than 500. It's very, so hard. I know, obviously, it's so brand new, but it's very hard to call the price on these national armaments what they're going to be down the line. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the only sort of base you can go off is what the national landmarks are from the previous World Cup. But as, as always, you know, the case literally the, the the set was released literally what five days ago so the prices are already going to be all over the place obviously bids will only be ending sort of in the next couple of days if they're on a 99p start for a week on ebay um but no yeah you can you can never call or pinpoint a price on these sets already because they're still so fresh and people as you say do just rush out and will bid on anything and everything um whereas you know you give it two three four weeks maybe and the prices will start to settle and you'll probably see start to see more of a trend in terms of where the prices are. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, you'll see Manga and, and National Landmarks are going to be the highest in, in this set in terms of price. And and so they should be. I think the artists, the designs on the National Landmarks is, the attention to detail is phenomenal. Um, yeah, as always from the last World Cup, you know, the National Landmarks have got the, the best and might might be the most favourite uh, case hits that you can, you can get. So... But yeah, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll start to see more of a trend in terms of the prices. But yeah, for now you, you literally can't can't pinpoint or set a price on any card really. Yeah, especially I think a key thing to look at is also the price of the hobby box. That I think on pre-order there was ranging from six fifty to seven hundred dollars slash pounds. So and now I I see one sale yesterday for three hundred and forty dollars. So they're very much down in price. So hopefully the spots in breaks are going to start coming down in price as well as boxes in general because i know quite a few people want to rip one but the thing i'm quite intrigued about and waiting to hear more information is the blasters for the world cup prism because i'm quite intrigued i wouldn't mind ripping one of them because sometimes you get quite good luck in the blasters i think normally you get like the right red white blue prism or whatever one they're going to do for this set but that's going to be interesting when they bring out other formats as well because hobby boxes are great but not everyone can afford a hobby box so it's nice to see the alternatives that they will bring out and obviously some of these other parallels will bring certain prices which is great as someone in the break has just hit a, a Jude Bellingham red to 399 which is a lovely card um just keep keep distracting me here with lovely cards I think and literally it was a Jude Bellingham red and then the auto next to it was Sir Jeff Hurst so that was <laughs> that was a great pack for any England fan but like I say Prism's gone down a treat so far 
no doubt we're, both of us are going to be getting into some more breaks, especially for me, player. I'm a big fan of player breaks. I might pick up the odd Switzerland spot here and there. But the question for you and as anyone else listening as well, what would you prefer? Would you buy, rather buy a team in like a prism or would you rather buy a certain players? Just obviously sometimes the players, it helps the purse a bit because it's a bit expensive buying a whole team, especially if you're going to go case break rather than a box break. So would you be more inclined at the route of case break, box break, but then also player or team? For me, um, it would always be, obviously, World Cup aside, I would always obviously go into an Arsenal as a team break. Um, obviously, that's for me personally. I know people that PC certain players obviously would prefer a player break. Um, but yeah, for me, I'll always buy into a team slot rather than obviously an individual player. Obviously, in the likes of the World Cup, where obviously Arsenal were selected around different teams or different nations, should I say even. Um, obviously, yeah, in that way, I'd be more inclined to buy into a certain player like you're doing with the Shaka spots or you know, the party spots or you know the Tommy Asu spots um he's not going to the world yeah he's in, yeah he's there yeah um so yeah so it's one of them things where it depends what box we're looking at but for me personally I'd always just buy into buy into an Arsenal spot uh, as a team but like we said obviously it depends on the price tag as well because not everyone can afford to go out and buy a whole team or a whole nation in a, in a case break or a box break but those player individual spots obviously are more affordable for some and for people that PC certain players obviously is more appealing uh, to them as well. So yeah, for me personally, I'd always buy into buy into an actual team, especially if it's Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. We we obviously that we kind of answered one of our first questions that we put out on Instagram. It was obviously from L underscore Trade Soccer, a good friend of ours, Louis, who was asking about the Mag- uh, Magnus. I think it's fair to say that it's a bit like Marmite. Some of them you either love them or hate them, really. So. Some of them big fans of them hopefully manage to hit one if we ever do open a box. But like I say, it's a great set. We look forward to when we see some more hits or hopefully we get some more hits ourselves in breaks, we'll be sharing them. Who knows, we might even, hopefully down the line, if we can pick up a couple of cheap blasters, rip them on our YouTube channel, which we're going to start content very soon for that. But I think moving on to one of our um, next talking points, it's actually like the actual market within the UK at the moment and just the overall UK scene. So I think it's a very interesting position we're in and we'll get to a question in a bit. Just obviously not talking about shows at the moment, which we'll get on to, but it's a very interesting market because obviously the finance financial crisis doesn't help at all when it comes to trade cards. People are spending the money elsewhere, which is totally understandable. Everyone's doing it. Me, yourself and everyone listening got to put other priorities first but i think some of the takeaways we had from the london card show was some people's pricing i think ryan mentioned as well card collector too on his video some of the prices of high-end cards or like 500 up they were the comps of about six months ago rather than now do you think that's a bit of a thing as well that the uk's learning is that prices do change on cards and you're sometimes going to have to make a loss yeah, I think it's probably one of the biggest talking points. It's not maybe about red flags in the hobby at the moment is that people don't want to accept the fact that card prices do decline and sometimes you are going to lose money on them. Obviously, not every investment is going to come up clutch. Not every investment is going to work a treat. Um, obviously, especially in a down market that I think we're in now, obviously, a lot of card prices are dropping. Like I know I'm sat in now thinking that I'm not, I know on some cards I've got in my PC, if I also sell them, I'm not going to get probably anywhere near as much as I paid for them. So on the other hand, there's some cards in my PC that I know I might get double for this rate. So it's one of those things where in real life, you know, the 
current performance obviously affects prices and more so now in a financial crisis we're in does affect car prices as well. So yeah, I think it's one of them things where people don't want to accept the fact that car prices can drop. People are going to lose money and it's probably a reason we're a bit, a bit of a stalemate at the moment in terms of trying to buy because people don't want to push on prices. People don't want to drop. I think even um, Brian, some of the league investors, said that and Trike as well in their YouTube video is that the UK are pretty firm on our on our prices and tend to, to soften, um, which, you know, could be a bit of a downside to the UK at the moment in terms of the market. Um, but, you know, the buying and selling trading is, is still still going strong. But, yeah, we are we're fairly firm on some of our uh, some of our high end prices, and even around that sort of 40, 50, 60 mark, people don't want to come down to thirty. People don't want to come down to forty from a sixty pound card. And, you know, a couple of months ago, people were like, oh yeah, well twenty quid, yeah, go on, we'll go down to that price. But no, nah, I don't know. People are staying very, very firm on prices, and like we said, it's one of the things people don't want to accept the fact that they're going to lose lose out money on on the cards they bought. A hundred percent. It's a very interesting talking point about buying and selling within the UK and I think one of my things I'm looking forward to more than anything is obviously eBay is one of them places that obviously they take their fee and then does it really get pushed there's a lot of things like that at the moment but a lot of discussions and with what not now confirmed of progressing into the UK very soon it's going to be interesting what that does to the market because it obviously brings a much more fluid market. Obviously, we know we've got VOGs over here, which once was bits, but what not bring this customer base straight away of international customers that are always on whatnot and opens the door to shipping out to Canada, Mexico, US, and all these other countries that I think it could do really good things because people don't really want to list up on eBay. You're not really getting the traffic anymore on Instagram sales for breaks or cards. So it's kind of a stalemate within the actual UK scene at the moment of what to do with your cards when you want to sell them. Do you wait for the next card show? But then if you're not a vendor, you have to wait for trade night. Or, you know, it's a very strange position we're in at the moment. And like I say, I've, I've heard multiple times from people in America saying this isn't normal. Like it's a growing thing. It's still so new over here. Look at the difference between the size of the audience in the States compared to over here but do you think something like whatnot could really help the uk just buying buying and selling because it's like it's getting not stagnant but it's a bit bit rough at the moment where to sell do you sell instagram ebay facebook group there's there's not really that one thing that everyone's like let's go on here and let's do that yeah, I think, you know, when you when you sell cards, you always find yourself posting on three, four different websites, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, eBay, any of those platforms, you find yourself posting the same card day in, day out on all these different sort of platforms. Whereas I think somewhere like Whatnot that is a fairly renowned name, especially in the States, coming to the UK, I think is definitely going to boost the market and then boost selling and buying and selling either in the UK. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a massive name that's already sort of well established, and the US has proven how popular it can be. You know, I know you yourself have bought obviously off, off whatnot, and it's one of those ones where I've wanted to get involved in, but obviously being in the US is a bit difficult sometimes, and obviously not with the likes of your, you know, your US addresses. But um, I think, yeah, bringing it to the UK, also, I know we have what, like we said, but I think bringing a well established sort of brand and a big name like whatnot over to the UK people are going to be drawn straight to it in order to try and get sort of their lives up and get them selling, selling gone and going on, on whatnot. So 
yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a, it's going to be a big step in the right direction. Having one over in the UK as of when that is, um, but yeah, I think it's going to massively, massively help the market. And I think it's kind of one of those subtle movements where people probably aren't going to notice it as like that the minute it comes over. Um, but I think within the first maybe month or two that it's over in the UK, um, yeah, you're going to see a big flurry of buying and selling. I think again back in, in the UK market. Yeah, I remember when Whatnot first really launched in America and what they do very well, I think, is they don't just sit there and hope people come to them. They really push their name out there. They go after it. They sponsor things. They advertise. They really go at it. I've, you see that in America. This weekend of filming this, they're doing an interactive card show. I think it's a fantastic idea. I haven't seen any of it. I've just seen a few content creators talking about it where Whatnot part sponsored it. They went to the show's bought cards off people, put money into the shows, and then then they take the all the cards back onto whatnot and sell them all. And then it they they're putting money into the hobby whatnot to get people buying and selling. I think it's a great idea. And I'd love to see something like that over here. Imagine like an interactive card show where one day you've literally just got people every half hour selling hundred cards and you can literally just literally just be anywhere and just be buying and selling, which I think is a great idea. And like I say I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out between Vogt and whatnot, what they do differently. And I think it could be quite exciting for the future of, especially with all the shows coming up of do one of them start sponsoring all of them. There's whatnot throwing money at it. There's, so that's going to be quite intriguing to see. And I think it ties in quite well with my next question. It's obviously the World Cup is a week away now and the hype is building, Prism's out. You've got people who have made the squad, not made the squad. You've got players like Graf and Birch who didn't make the World Cup squad. So his prices have slowly come down a little bit. But you've got then people going to the World Cup and then people are like, oh, I've got to buy their card. And like I say, there'll be players that people are not buying who then score five goals in the group stage or three or four goals in the group stage. And then people are buying them or score that World Cup winner. It's a, it's a great, it's going to be a great time. And actually experiencing it at, through the hobby perspective as well of seeing someone scoring a World Cup and then probably the next day seeing on eBay 100 cards have sold of that player. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, obviously he's very sort of in, in line with the with the current game. And, you know, the minute a player, like I'm sure with Russell prices now, you go on eBay, how many of his cards have sold in the last three hours? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the World Cup, there always seems to be that one player that comes out of nowhere um, and wins player of the tournament or that has an absolutely unbelievable World Cup. And you see his prices absolutely fly through the roof. We saw it with Hammers Rodriguez back in the World Cup, two World Cups, I think it was now. Um, so yeah, I think it's always interesting to see who comes out of that tournament as a as a hot shot. Um, and yeah, you know the prices are going to fly up through the roof. But yeah, the, the the hype is definitely real. I think now that the Prem has finished for the weekend, the last games are all done. The last games are finished now until after the World Cup. Um, so I think yeah, all eyes are returning now onto on to sort of Qatar in the next two weeks well a week tomorrow actually isn't it or a week yeah, a week today is the opener today, um, yeah. yeah so obviously a week tomorrow is England's first game so yeah all eyes are on the World Cup now and I think you know the, the, the market in terms of investing in the certain players that are playing well is going to start now um, but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out as a underrated bit of a under the radar player that's going to come out obviously on, on everyone's minds after the World Cup yeah, I think I was going to say it's going to be great because I could only imagine what the hobby would have been like when James Rodriguez hit that absolutely unbelievable goal. I think it was a quarter final, I think it was. And no doubt his prices probably for a base card would have gone from like a pound to like 50 quid or something. And it's going to happen with one. 
it always there's always that one player at a World Cup. The thing is, it could be a, a like big name player anyway, and their prices go from ex- very big to extortionate, or it could be the adverse effect of someone who no one really is collecting, then everyone wants to pick up either his rookie or his World Cup, World Cup, especially if he's got a prism card and he does really well at the World Cup, he'll capture the moment. So it's going to be great to see. And like you said, it's going, there's always that one team as well who defy odds and get through to the quarterfinals or semifinals, and then everyone's scrambling, like, oh, let me pick up his card. Or let's imagine, imagine just, matter of speaking, Messi won the World Cup. We can imagine all of these prices go even more mental. Like that's there's so much that could happen, and I think just like looking into the like the World Cup, it's it's going to be great. Like it's a Sunday night when it starts. It's I think it's Qatar versus Ecuador. I believe it's the first game. No one in the world, well, all right, maybe hundred thousand people in the world, either Qatari nationals or Ecuadorians, would watch that game if it was a normal game. But it's opening game of the World Cup. Every single person's telly is going to be watching next, next Sunday after the opening ceremony and everything like that to get it all kick-started. And then it's really a case of that's when it starts. And people know it's time for the World Cup. And whenever you have a spare telly, you have a spare moment, you're flicking on to see what game's on. And that's when it is proper go time. So like I said, when, as soon as the next episode on, a few games would have happened. We're going to somehow have to work out when to record these episodes around the games, which is going to be great. But also be able to monitor prices as well for, through it. But we get if we take a break from talking about cards, just to do a bit of a World Cup predictor that no doubt all of it's going to be wrong, which is fair enough because we no doubt it's going to be wrong just naturally. But I think I see a great one early and it was six categories. Starting, obviously we start with the winners and work down at the other categories, but who have you got winning the World Cup 2022? Oh, one of those questions, isn't it, that you just... I mean, obviously, for me, I'd love to see England win it. We'll have, I'm sure we can all agree. We would, we would love to see England win it. Um, realistically, though, um, for me... I, I would have to probably say Argentina or... Um, yeah. Or Brazil. They're probably my two... I think France are very good, almost unplayable sometimes. But for me, I think, yeah, Brazil and Argentina could be two of the ones to win it. If I had to choose one, I'm probably going to go Argentina. Yeah, uh, like you say, three of them names of what I've been thinking, obviously Brazil, France, Argentina. France for me now, especially now that their centre-half partnership is not going to be Saliba and Varane. I think that's a very good two, even though I think they're meant to But I can't... I've said it for a couple of years now, and I'm even more convinced now that I'm going to be wrong, but I've got to say Brazil. I, like, Don't get me wrong, their defence is not the greatest. Their midfield is very good, but their attacking selection is ridiculous. Like, it's so good. Like, they've got eight game changes in that attack, so it could be very interesting watching Brazil this well. It's literally going to be like, I know football is literally as simple as you score more than your opponents, but with that Brazilian flair as well, I think it's going to be incredible to watch. And I'm going to say Brazil at the moment. And I really do hope, like we say, we're very happy to see Martinelli introduced into their World Cup squad. And I think it's just going to be great to watch. Probably won't get much game time, but I think they're going to be a great team to watch. And 
Moving on to our next category, and I'll get the ball rolling on this one, is surprise team of the tournament. There's always one. It's very hard to pick. Sometimes I remember some of the World Cups. Remember Nigeria had a very good World Cup. You've had South Korea with a World Cup. And people are going to sound biased here, but I honestly do think Switzerland actually have like an underrated team. Of They've got a quite a solid team. They've got good players. They've got good young players coming through, and they've got good options. And I, I, I fancy them to not necessarily get to the semi-final final, but I think they do very. They always do very well. They normally get out of the group and always put up a fight. But I think players at the last World Cup for them were in in between stage of either too young and weren't really doing much, or old or not playing well. Whereas a lot of their players are playing really well. Shaka's in form and Bolo's in form. But you've got so many players in that team that I think for me they're going to be my biased outsiders. Not not to win it. Maybe a quarterfinal, and you never know. Maybe a semi. Yeah, I think it's. I always love sort of watching the underdog teams that people have written off already that happen to pull off some unbelievable results, and and yeah, come fighting out of nowhere and get out the the group stages. Um, I think the most surprised team. Things like I could, I could go really boring and go with England. <laughs> people have written us off already. People know we're not going to make it out of uh, out the group stages, but. Um, I, I thought about Switzerland earlier. I thought in terms of the, the players they had, they could be one of those teams that you, you sort of you write off, but actually they, they put out they pull some results out of the bag. Um, I, I think someone, a team like Belgium, I think they're, they're not really spoken about enough. They're not really sort of mentioned in terms of winning the, the, the World Cup, but the quality they've got, you know, De Bruyne, Tillemans, people, people like that that can, can change a game with a kick of a ball. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go Belgium in terms of the most sort of surprise surprise team. Yeah, as I say, not many people have mentioned and they've got great talent. Yeah. Probably, uh, a lot of people probably say it's their, maybe their last hurrah. It was like the golden era of English teams. I remember going to the 2006 World Cup and it was like, oh, they could do a lot, this team, and it never really worked. I think it's a similar stage for Belgium. Right? This is maybe their last chance of that current crop of players. So, Moving on to the next one, which is always a hard one to call the World Cups. It's never a... All right, Thomas Muller normally does very well at a World Cup, but Golden Boot is very interesting, especially Euros or World Cup. So who are you fancying to bag the most amount of goals? Or you get, if, if you think two people might do it, because sometimes it's quite a low count. So who do you think is going to end up with the highest goal tally? Um, I, I saw a prediction earlier. It's not like Richarlison. Like, I mean... I shouldn't, re- I shouldn't it, react it, like that, because it's going to come back to haunt me, but... I was about to say, you might come back to Bart both in, in the backside, but um, I feel like he's one of those players that, it's a pain me to say this, but I, I think it could be Harry Kane. I think we, we've got three teams in our group that I think right now we could comfortably beat by a few goals. I think, you know, Kane, Fringen always gets in the score sheet and always tends to score a lot of goals. So for me, in terms of the golden boot, I'm going to go over Harry Kane or Mbappe. Yeah, fair. Probably two mainstream yeah. picks, but I, I genuinely think that Mbappe's going to score a lot of goals and I think Kane could get up there as well. My my one is a bit of an outside. It's not really outside. I think he's in very good form this year. I'm actually going to go for Neymar because he's going to take a lot of the free kicks, a lot of the penalties for Brazil. And he's been on brilliant form for PSG this season. And like I say, I think Brazil will do well at the tournament. But the only problem is they've got the goals to share around. But... I think my one at the moment, I'm going to go with Neymar because I think they'll go deep in the competition. And like I say, he does like a free kick penalty. 
and you know he's going to have one game where sometimes he's just unplayable no one can get near him so injury free I'm going to go for him and next one is player of the tournament this is a very hard one because normally normally it's either whoever scores the most goals or one of the players of the winning team so like I say it's a yeah, again, it's another really hard question, but I'm not going to go with. I was going to say Neymar again, but I'm going to I'm going to go for another nation. I'm going to say Messi. Last World Cup, same with Ronaldo. Not many people are mentioning Ronaldo really for like Golden Boot. Obviously, he's not been playing as much for Man United, but Messi last World Cup. It's written in the stars for one of Ronaldo or Messi to either win it or be the stand. Like it'd be unbelievable if one of them finished their career last international tournament, winning the World Cup. I'm going to go Messi, just I think he's done it before, put Argentina on his back to win Copa America. And I'm going to say, I'm, sorry, I'm distracted because as I'm watching this case break, someone has just hit a manga, Gabriel Martinelli, which is an incredible card. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Messi for player of the tournament. Just, I think he's that big of a player that last World Cup, the, the panel might be swayed that it's his last World Cup, but He's going to put Argentina on his back and hopefully do well in his last one. But I'm going to go Messi for player of the tournament. Yeah, I can't lie. Before before you read out that, I, I was going Messi. I would love... To, I always find that player of the tournaments always tend to be attackers because um, I was going to go with like maybe someone like Jude Bellingham. I think he could be up there, depending on how far he can get in terms of player of the tournament. Um, but yeah, I think it's really the stars to be Argentina winning it, Messi player of the tournament... Um, I'd love to see her and say Martinelli but I don't know how much game time he's going to get um, so yeah I'm going to join you on that one I want to say Messi as well yeah like I say it's it's sometimes it's written in stars in football and moving on to the next one and the last one is obviously like best young player at the tournament and I think it's one of the hardest times ever because there is a lot of seriously good young talent in this World Cup a lot of them it's their first World Cups but it's so you think of all the big rookies that everyone's been chasing in the last two, three years. Obviously, it's their first World Cup. A lot of teams have got three, four good, really young players. And I've not said anything England at all during these predictions because I'm not sure how good England do, but I'm going to say Phil Foden for this one. Um, just, I think, like, looking at his... I know they lost against Brentford, but his goal was unbelievable technique. And he's such a good player, really matured at Man City now. So I'm going to say... Phil Foden for best young player. Um, I just think he's got all the talent there and hopefully he does show it at the World Cup. Yeah, um, I think it depends on how much game time this player gets. It determines whether he can actually be in contention or not. Um, some may call me bias, but I'm going to go William Zaliba. I think if, if he's if he's starting at the back for France for, for most of their games, um, you've seen how, how proven he is in the Premier League this season as that Rolls Royce centre back. So I think if he's continuously starting for France, um, yeah, I think he's got to be up there, sort of a young player of the tournament if if he gets the game time. Yeah, like I say, who it might be all changed. We might have seen one game at the World Cup by this time next week, and we're like, oh my god, it's going to be this player, or it's going to all change on a weekly basis all the way through the tournament. But like I say it's going to be a great few weeks of just watching a load of football, a load of players that you never heard of. And then you're like, I really hope my team signs this player. And while all this is going on, you've got Erling Haaland sitting at home having a rest for a few weeks. So I do feel sorry for Liverpool who have got him in the Carabao Cup just before Christmas because he's having four weeks off, having a nice little holiday. And then 
he's going to be fit and raring to go. So, like I say, it's going to be a great world. It's going to be, I'm still, it's still one of them that's a bit scarred for me of where the location is of it and everything like that because don't necessarily agree with it. And like I say, it's not quite, you're, rather than going to a beer garden and having a nice pint of beer, you might be going to Winter Wonderland having a mold one. But who knows? It could be a very interesting scene at Winter Wonderland if you can win the World Cup. <laughs> you can imagine that. At least a lot of people have got an excuse not to go Winter Wonderland this year. Oh, sorry, yeah, watching England in the World Cup. So that's the excuse. I don't think any girlfriend will accept that, accept that excuse. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're going we'll to we'll create a letter signed from the Top Load podcast giving everyone an excuse not to go Winter Wonderland to actually go. Signed and dated. <laughs> but I think moving on, we, we'll get get into some questions in a bit but just finishing off with the UK scene and a question that I've heard a lot and we was asked this one now we'll get the name up in a minute once this break is finished with the people have asked the questions that we refer to but has the UK got too many card shows now what are your thoughts um unpopular opinion but yes I think we have um obviously the capacity that the US hobby has compared to the UK obviously is on another level. So for me, at the moment, I think there's far too many UK shows popping up left, right, and center. Like, yes, I think it will have a positive effect on the hobby because people from all around the UK can't always attend London, can't always attend Glasgow, can't always attend Cardiff. So there's I guess sporadic shows dotted around the country. Yes, it is more achievable for hobbyists to get to but i think for people like you know you me and you that want to get to as many car shows as we can i think there's just far far too many popping up left right and center at the moment i think also you've got your main one obviously london you've got so you've got cardiff you've got glasgow like i previously mentioned but yeah you've just got a lot of shows popping up at the moment and yes as some would say you can't be anything negative because obviously there's a lot of shows popping up that people are going to but for me, I just think there's just there's a lot popping up in a short amount of time. And you currently, in some cases, you've got card shows, you know, three weekends on the bounce. You've got, you know, one in January, February, March. You can have one every month for a year at this point. And I think when it gets to a point where we are like the US that can afford to do that, um, I think you'll see we'll be in another, another, another place. But for me at the moment in the UK, I don't think we've got the capacity to be having card shows every month or every, you know, 12 weeks at this point. No, I can't disagree with you. As I said, I it think, might be an unpopular opinion yeah. and people might disagree. Um, but I think, you know, you've got your big hitters, your main shows that are already well-established. Um, and I, I know you've got to start from somewhere. Each show's got to start from the ground and work the way up. But I just think there needs to be more, people need to be clever with where and when they're placing their shows. Because I think people are going to, be going to the big hitters and not necessarily thinking too much about the ones that are upcoming at the moment. Yeah, the, the thing I have more concern about is not like how many there is, or the thing that concerns me more is how a lot of them fit on the same schedule. And a lot of them do rotate in a free monthly period, and it ends up being like there's like three in the space of four weeks, where then there could be a month and a half gap. It's like, like you say, it probably will get to a point where there's one every month. But if it was one every month, people can kind of plan and be like, okay, I'll go January, then March, then like every couple of months, or they can work. Where it's sometimes you can have three within the space of four weeks, you're like, I can't do all four. Okay, sometimes for vendors they can because if they've got a large inventory, it's good for them that they can clear the stock out. But it's one of them that 
for example, I think the exa- a good example to use was the last London card show, and I think it was the week prior was the Northwest card show, and then the following week was the London card show, and obviously it helps people in the north because they can go to that one but then they might be like well i actually do want to travel down but then if you go to that one and spend your money you're like i can't afford to get down all the way maybe stay over as well so it's like i'm saying it's just having them spread out enough and i quite like to see some new i'm liking some of the new locations like the couple that i'm really intrigued with it i wouldn't mind getting up to edinburgh for the edinburgh one next year if i'm available i think that'd be a really cool one to go to visit a new country as well never been up to scotland which i, I really do fancy that one and then like I say, they've got a couple popping up in Manchester. Manchester's quite a nice city, so it's one of them that could be on the cards. But then it's like you say, it's, it is expensive to travel around. That's Even before you put in, spend money for like your cards, your food, your drink, the actual just getting there, potentially staying there as well, it's not cheap at the moment. So like I say, um, I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, you've got to basically just plan it out yourself. Do you know what I mean? You've got to put priorities into which ones. And like I say, um which is actually a perfect interlude into the next section of, obviously, today, as we're recording this, which is November the 13th, the London Car Show tickets and tables have gone on sale. Um, I think I see the vendor spots at £65 a table. They're still available at the moment, but the thing I see was we're moving upstairs. Obviously, Harry did allude to that in the past, but we've got two, I think it's, I don't know if you can correct me if I was wrong here, but I think I read that it could be up to about 200 table numbers from doubling the tables which i think is great so it should bring in a lot more people that want to vend especially a bigger room and more uh, potential for more stuff to happen like we don't know what's going to happen yet we look forward to in the future talking with harry to find out but just on that bit alone to begin with having doubled the tables what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on the show i think it's going to be positive i think you know even from the last card show in london obviously having those guys over from across the pond I think, you know, making the capacity even bigger, having more tables, I think it's only going to make the London card show more appealing. I think it's got enough publicity as it is. Um, I think, you know, only adding to that is going to make it bigger and better and badder and bolder and whatever other words you want to just use to describe it. Um, but, no, yeah, I think it's only going to add another element of, you know, surprise and what are those extra, you know, 50, 60 tables going to have that, you know, they might not have had the last show. So, yeah, for me, increasing the capacity, moving it upstairs, I think it's only going to make it even better than it was the last time. I can't see it being a negative in any way. Um, I don't know what your opinion is, um, but for me, yeah, I think it's a massive step up again for, for Harry and his team. Yeah, look, the wording they put out, it sounds like it's going to be more of an event as well, that, whereas obviously space was very limited downstairs, and I think everyone who's been to that realised it was quite close it's quite tight in there so it'd be quite intriguing to see what they do but i was lucky enough to go up into that previous room before just to see what it was like and i can definitely say it's a lot more space it's a lot more free it's a lot higher ceiling as well so it feels more spacious so hope like i say it looks very good and it's following a very similar format of saturday sunday again we we weren't too sure we was talking off air before i wonder if it would be a one day or if it was moving upstairs but they've gone for a two-day ribbon which is great to see and obviously the famous trade night will be happening on a Sunday night as well. So the actual format is quite tried and tested now. It works really well. Looking forward to that aspect of it. And also seeing this, this is like the next expansion. Obviously, last time it had the evolution of going from a one-dayer to a two-dayer. But it really, so you can actually quite trace it quite nice from when it started to sand down. It was just one day to begin with, one day with trade night, two days with trade night. Now it's upstairs two days trade night. 
so you can see the clear evolution of how big it's getting and that's how really looking forward to it um obviously at the moment i'm not i don't know what day i'll be again i know you're gonna have a lovely weekend away in sandown and the surrounding suburbs but like i say it's going to be i think it's going to be interesting do you think you could see we don't know we haven't been to any of these like american ones but what we see is a lot more of an event whereas it's not just a car show there's other things do you think potentially we could see maybe down along them lines of it is an event it is it's not just a card show it's it's a full-out event for everyone to go and see yeah i think harry's got a lot of ideas up his sleeve that you can't wait to bring out obviously i know he's been across the dallas so and obviously i know he know i know he knows that obviously how the us card shows are in terms of an event I think that's exactly what we're trying to bring to the UK. Um, I think these days should be more of an event. I think it should be like a, an eventful day out for everyone and where everyone can socialise and everyone can sort of meet, trade, buy, sell, whatever. So, yes, I think he, he'd go along the right lines. And I think, you know, like I said, he's got a lot up his sleeve and a lot on his mind that he wants to bring to the UK. And I think this is probably the first step in, in doing so. Um but no, yeah, I think it's it's going to be brilliant. I think, you know, being more of an event is only going to attract more people. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be another good show. I know tickets have only been released today. and I know it's still three months away. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to see how the whole weekend is this time around. I think it's about time that I head down there. Obviously, you with me one of the days. Um, but yeah, going down there for, for the whole weekend and seeing, seeing what it's like. But yeah, I think uh, he's got a lot up his sleeve that he's going to, I'm sure surprise us with in the next couple of shows. No, definitely. I think we're really looking forward to it. Um, the weekend of the 11th and 12th of February, which is going to be great. Super Bowl Sunday as well. It's going to be quite a big weekend. Um, so that'd be a really good one to get down there for. We look forward to seeing everyone there. But just a brief one. Uh, we will be attending the South Coast Card Show, which is now, or well, as this comes out, it's pretty much a week and a half away. So we wanted to get to another show and Brighton's not, terribly far from us obviously it's a nice little little nice little road trip it's not anything like going up north wales scotland so let's say we're looking forward to that one and hopefully be able to give you some more information about that next week as we talk to the guys who run the show even if it's just off air just to let you know more about the show and everything but it looks promising so we look forward to getting to that one i know we wanted to do another show but it's i think it's going to be quite nice to be able to see their first show and how it compares obviously similar venue but so far, we all we know is the London culture. Yeah, that's what's weird for me is that you know we've not we've not actually attended any other show. So for us, we only know what London culture is like and what their setup is like. So that's probably an element of the South Coast. I'm really looking forward to, to going down there and seeing what another culture is like. You know, I only know London, so yeah, it's. it's a, it's not. It's not too much of a further drive for us. I think it's about two hours from from us in Essex. So yeah, it should be a. a it should be another good day out. Obviously, looking forward to meeting some some new faces and obviously catching a pint with some uh, some familiar faces as well. So, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what their first show is like. Obviously, hopefully, and wishing them that it's obviously a massive success. Um, but yeah, it's certainly going to be strange uh, not being in a familiar London setting for us, isn't it? Yeah, no, as I say, we're really looking forward to that aspect of it, and I think just getting to new events and doing a lot more content around that, not just pickups but just talking to people at shows and i think that's going to be one approach that we go because it's, people can't do every show so if we can get to other shows and we can show people what they're like it might sway people's opinion going to one or not going to one so that's what we're 
looking to bring you some good content, whether it's lives on Instagram, lives on YouTube, or just like casual vlogs kind of things at the show, just showing what cards are there, talking to vendors, talking to collectors, which that's one aspect of the hobby that we just want to try and do is just help people out a bit and get a lot more people on. So I think as well, if anyone's listening to this who actually does want to come on the podcast, always feel free to reach out, whether it can be a five-minute interview, a half-hour interview, or whatever. We always love to talk to other people within the hobby, especially people that we spoke to as well in the hobby, like who are vending or anything like that, because it's always a great thing just to talk to people. And sometimes we might not reach out because it's just natural it's quite big we're quite busy all the time so we can't reach out to everyone we want trust me we we spoke about so many people we need to reach out to and sort it out we've got some good names coming on very soon but like i say it's going to be great and i think just moving away from uk scene because we're really looking forward to getting down there and i think the next segment before we go on to some of the questions is any pickups this week because i've got a i've had a few pickups but one main pickup but have you picked anything else up? Or actually, I'm going to actually rephrase this as well. Has any cards appeared on Instagram, eBay, Facebook, wherever it is that you've got your eyes on? Yes. Yeah, so um, I don't know if I bought this as of the last recording or not, but obviously I bought the Gunther Steiner flagship to 25. I finally managed to pick that up on eBay, um, which obviously is adding to the jigsaw for the Steiner rainbow from flagship um also picked up another conrad limer from stadium chrome uh, to 175 i think it's the yellow green electric again i might have mentioned those in the last video if i did i apologize but um yeah as you mentioned um a card has come up obviously on ebay and it is the gunther steiner flagship to 50 so it's already had one bit on there for 99p so if this bidder watches the podcast, please just don't even bother. <laughs> I am not going down without a fight for this. That 50 to 50 will be mine, whether you like it or not. Um, yeah, obviously, if I manage to get my hands, that ends on Saturday. So if I manage to get my hands on that, it will literally just be the to 10 and a to 5 that obviously will be left to pick up. The one of one is at SGC as we speak. So I'm praying that the grader is nice to me and it comes back a 10. Um, obviously, we will find out in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think apart from that, I don't think I've picked up anything else. I also picked up the, the actual base, the signer from, from Flagship, because funnily enough, I didn't actually have that. So but yeah, I've, I've picked up the base. Obviously, yeah, like I said, but the 50 ends on Saturday and it does have one bid on it and it isn't me. So if it is you and you're listening, yeah, stay away. Yeah, so... I, uh, for people, some people might not know, I've not really updated it much, but I will be very soon, especially when I get the, a certain delivery back in a, probably about a month or so, I will do a video on it. But I'm currently working through the Merlin Gabriel Rainbow. And I, I was looking through the other day, I've been trying to pick up different parallels here and there. And I see this one pop up on eBay and it's Red Wave to Five. It's a, a beautiful colour match. And I thought the guy was asking $130 for it. And I was like, it's quite a decent price, but I always say you never know until you are. So I literally just DM the guy and I was just like, Hey mate, uh really nice card. I was like, but if you was gonna make a deal, what would you do it now? And he went, Oh, I'll do it for now at seventy dollars. And I was like, you know, you dropped down sixty dollars straight away. And I was like, So I managed to pick up the red wave to five, which I cannot wait to get in hand. It's a beautiful card, beautiful colour match, and another to five for the collection, which is brilliant. So now I think I'm apart from the one of ones, I'm like five cards off. 
collecting the under 23 rainbow and the normal ones. I'm, I think now I'm waiting on the to 10. I know who's got that one of them to 15, which is the black. And then believe it or not, then I'm looking for the speckle, which is like to 150 in the green to 99. I just, there is speckles available. I'm just not paying $30 for on ComC where I've actually picked up to 25 for the same price, but can't wait. I cannot wait. What about the, uh, the one of ones running? No, not going for that. If they ever appear, who knows? But it's the case of will they ever appear? That's the they could be sitting in someone's blaster on their in their shop or in a under collector's desk, or it might never be open. It might be open in some. It's that's the aspect of one of ones that you just never know what's going to happen. Then you always will keep your eyes out for the one of one. It's just natural. Always keep it out. Keep your eyes out. One day you might be lucky. It could be five years down the line. It could be tomorrow. You just always got to look just in case. But like I said, there's a few other pickups. But when I do get the deliveries back, I make a lovely video on all the pickups because there's some really nice Chrome cards in there. And moving on to some of the questions we've got. Obviously, we've answered one already about the card show, which was on Trotter Sports Card. And uh, another quick, another question, one of our two questions uh, from Golden Generation, obviously, in partnership with one of your Gasly cards that you picked up at London Card Show is what's your buying looking like going into the World Cup? And for me, I haven't been buying, I've been buying a lot of PC items of Gabriel and Xhaka, but I think whereas a lot of people investing in more modern cards, I've been looking at a lot more vintage still. I really, I still, I still think it's a very untapped market. So haven't really picked up many modern cards recently apart from, Grace Gabriel Gabriel Merlin card. So for me, it's not much, but I think I still I still just can't not look at vintage because I think it's the play to go for. I don't know if you've been picking up anything in eyes to the World Cup or you've been waiting potentially for like World Cup prison. Yeah, I can't say I've sort of I've got any plan or motive going into the World Cup about pickups. Obviously, I'm still looking for my Gunpasana Rainbow to look at my comrade Lima Love Rainbow. I'm obviously still looking out for Arsenal and F1. So. Yeah, for me, the World Cup hasn't really changed much in terms of what I'm buying or what I'm picking up. Um, obviously, I might convince myself to try and get a Thomas Party landmark or a Saka manga or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I can't say the World Cup or even like the Euros and that really changed the way that I, I buy. Um, you know, I don't tend to sort of invest. I just tend to pick up what I, what I PC. So yeah, for me, sort of my motive going into the World Cup isn't really anything different to what's been for the last couple of months um, it's still just pretty much staying staying the same obviously yeah England Saka Ben White all that sort of stuff uh, um, potentially but otherwise for me same old boring safe searches on eBay yeah, and I think the next question I think we both really like when it comes in is from Peter Russell underscore 34 and it's a try question and we've actually got the cards with us to answer this because that start so the three are favourite most expensive and uh, weirdest card. And I think the best one to start is most expensive card in the PC. And I'll go first with this one. I've got two cards I actually purchased for the same price. One of them now is a lot more, thankfully, higher in value. But of what I actually purchased, so the two that I've gone with, I've got here is uh, Bakayo Saka Auto, which was a redemption from Chronicles uh, 2021, which I think any us is really nice. I like the Arsenal kit. Love Prism Autos. In the Panini Mag, love it, and then also the the one that I probably is one of the nicest pickups I've ever done, Bakayo Saka Pitch Kings, which just get having a Saka with the rookie logo on, 
both I picked these both up different times back a year and a half apart. I picked this one up at not the little car show just gone, the one in July. That was actually from Harry himself. Uh and then the pitch can this I actually bought this from a guy in Sweden back in December 2020. Both of them costing £110 each, which now for the pitch kings is a very nice price. And like I say, the auto I think fluctuates anything from like 110 to 150, 160. So they're my two most expensive pickups. And if I had to go on value, my most expensive one to me uh, would be the Pitch Kings, even though I've probably got somewhat of similar in price. Yeah, um, for me, my most expensive in the PC is obviously the Pierre Gasly sit-and-pose from Chrome 2020. Um, picked it up at the last, literally a couple of weeks ago, a London card show um, from F1 Card Collectors on Instagram. Um, paid 200 for it at the show. Um, yeah, big prospect in F1. Um, hopefully proves that when he moves to Alpine next year. Uh, also drive along, alongside Ocon. Um, but yeah, that is the most expensive car in my PC. And moving on, what is your weirdest card in your PC? Because this is a great question. I'm actually quite intrigued to see other people's one. So it's it's a very obviously open question that people can interpret it differently. Um, but what one have you gone with for you? Yeah, I, I sort of sat and stared at my case of my display for about 10 minutes earlier trying to think what is the weirdest card I have in here. Um, surprisingly enough, there wasn't really that much that was weird about it. Um, the only card that I could possibly pull out that was weird in the slightest was this Harry Potter rookie um, from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the sticker. You might be thinking, well, what's weird about that? Um, the only weird thing is if you look compared to another SGC, there is no board around it. It's just a straight sticker in a normal SGC case. So I was like, yeah, I guess I can class that as weird. It's, just, it's very random how I didn't notice that I, I bought it and didn't realise until I got it in. I was like, actually, that looks slightly odd. Um, yeah, there's just, just no casing. No board. The card the sticker doesn't move. There's nothing loose about it. But yeah, the actual, there's no bordering around, around the sticker. So for me... I'm going to class that as my weirdest card on the PC. What about you? So for some people who don't realize, I collect the Andrew Russell cards. And this card I'm going to show you is from a Father's Day set. Uh, sorry, Black Friday Panini set leading up to Christmas. It's number 210. It is a game. It's not even game one, sorry. It's event-worn material of, wait for it, Santa's hat. Yes, you heard me right. So people are listening along to this. I'm currently holding up a DeAndre Russell 210. It's a lovely foil on the card, which I'm showing you. I'll put a picture up as well for this one and put it up on Instagram. But that, yes, that patch there is Santa's hat. And on the back, it says the enclosed event warm material, Santa's hat, is guaranteed by Panini America. So that is my weirdest card to 10. Santa's hat. I act, believe it or not, I have got a to 49 Christmas jumper one as well. But I think that patch, and especially as you can see, it sticks out from the card. It's probably the weirdest one in my collection, but also to 10. So it's a really nice card. And I think I actually picked this up for about four dollars because I thought oh, I have to get that in the PC. I mean, Pelini must have been sat there cutting up this Santa's Christmas hat, being like, What on earth are we doing? <laughs> Sticking this bit of the Santa's hat in, into, into their cardboard. It's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's one of my. I just I need to I will I need to get slab I gotta get slab MGC just for the sake of it because it's great and moving on to the last person to try that and I it, this is 
a lot of people would agree with us when we say, when you're asked, what is your favourite phone in PC? It's not picking between your family members. Like, it's not... So, we. I, I could easily have done top 10, top 20, top 50, but we've somehow come to top three for both of us. So, we've kind of settled, not with the top one, but top three. It's going to be controversial no matter what, because everyone's going to think this card should be in it, that card should be in it. So, we're both going to start with our third place card. So, I will go first here. And even top three is tricky to pick between. And coming in at number three for me is this uh, SGC 10 Crack Dice Rate Rookie Gabriel. Obviously, everyone knows my main PCs are Gabriel and Granite Xhaka. But this lovely Crack Dice rated Rookie somehow got a 10 as well. So he's normally grade not the best. I, it's a, I just really like looking at this card. Crack Dice is one of my favorite parallels. Hitting the 10 as well. I just love this card. I haven't seen many of these come up as well. That's why I think it is in my top three because I've not seen another one to pick up if I wanted to. And to get the 10, even better because, like I say, even if this come back an eight, I wouldn't be concerned. But to get the 10, it just boosts it a little bit up there. Maybe taking it from like fifth to third, just getting that 10. What is number three in your PC? Yeah, so coming in at three for me is the... Tops Chrome from 2018, uh, Bellerin Green Refractor Auto 1010 in SGC. Um, if you look closely at the auto, it's got it's written number two and has a smiley face underneath the auto, which I thought was pretty cool. You don't really tend to see that on the Bellerin autos, um, but also it's number 22 of 99. Obviously, I'm born on the 22nd day in the year 1999. So for me, I thought it was pretty cool in terms of like a personal pickup. Um, obviously, I play right back when I play football, so veterans are right back. Um, and obviously, yeah, to get in a 10-10, obviously, number two, the smiley face, and the number as well. So that is number three in my PC. Yeah, like I say, lovely card. Funny. Uh, I might just start with number two. Go on, carry on. Five, to say, far, it's funny how we both went for graded cards at number three. That was quite an intriguing one. I mean, all and, three of mine are graded. I can't so, lie. There we go. So, moving on to your number two, which I think is going to be an interesting one because, like we say, I there, I, there will just let everyone know there will be a video in the future where we actually do go through our PCs and more of our cards because I think it'd be quite intriguing. We do that with a load of other people because, like I say, it's very hard to choose between, but. Number two, which you've probably upset a load of cards and they're going to not like you now, but what is number two on the list? Yeah, it's difficult because it would have been my one-of-one gun for Stein. Obviously, it is currently at SGC, so it can't be here to be shown. Um, so, obviously, it will be... I've just shown it recently. Obviously, that will be the Pierre Gasly sitting pose, PSA 9 from 2020 Chrome. Um, yeah, I've already explained about Pierre Gasly, um, yeah, that is number two in the PC. Uh, see, this is the one for me that it was very... I, I have to give honourable mentions here that a lot of people will probably be having a go at me. I know you will as well, that the Bukayo Pitch Kings... It, for me, it's number four. So just missed out in the top three. They like but, robbery, that is. But people know Impeccable, I really like. It's Granite Jack, and then when I turn it round, this is to the 218 or all red colour match. And I think it's just such a clean card. Obviously, I think the price I paid for this back when I did get it for $40 will be a lot higher now, especially of how well he's playing for us. But just there for the camera and for people, you know, this is an all red team edition. 
colour match, as I like to call it, five of eight. So I, I think everyone agrees Impeckle is a lovely card. And for me, being a massive Jacker fan and collector, it will be going to SGC at some point. But I just like the card so much that I don't want to part with it at the moment. So that has come in at number two on my list. And I think I think what people have seen so far, my two main PCs are going to be heavily influenced on this top three. So impeccable two eight granite shagger takes my number two spot. And so it was a question of number one, what do I go with here? Do I go it was a very close one between them two, but for me it's a card of rarity, which I haven't seen any more of. Low numbered print and the parallel is really nice. So in Prism Premier League 2020-2021, there was a case hit called Vigal, and Jacka was the Vigal hit. And it's a case one anyway, so you don't really see even the base go often. Not really seeing much come up. But I was in a whatnot stream once, and this come up. So this is, for people who can't see, this is a gold vinyl to five granite Jacka Vigal. Uh, and on the back, it has it there, number two of five. And the gold vinyl is just such a beautiful parallel for anyone who's ever seen them in person. Xhaka as well. Case hit, but number to five. Had to take my list. And like I say, it's such a nice card that for me, having the Xhaka PC it just clips it for me. And that one, I think I picked up for $70. And it was actually in an F1 whatnot stream. He previewed the next stream. And for some reason, I was in that stream at the right time to get the card. And for me, that picks it at number one. And it's just a lovely card in person just to look at and sometimes in person does it justice and I think the gold vinyl in person it just really hits differently to like a pure gold which is still lovely but gold vinyl just takes it to that next level yeah that's a that's a big hit um like I said I've never never seen any of those vinyls come up before um so yeah that's a five gold vinyl is yeah unbelievable especially for a shaka as well that you pc so fair play on your on your top three um, coming in at a top spot for me isn't necessarily something of my entry value um, but it's a card that I love ever since I got it at my first London card show I think it was must be like three or four card shows ago now um, is Thierry Henry's Merlin first ever Arsenal sticker uh, from 1999-2000 obviously grade's only a 6.5 so it's not obviously the best grade but yeah this is just probably my favourite sticker slash slab um that i'll obviously ever have in the pc obviously in the gold slab mag supplied by uh sunday league investors at the last london card show shout out to them um but yeah 6.5 sgc Thierry Henry's arsenal rookie sticker from uh yeah 1999 2000 merlin takes my top spot nicely secured in the slab mag i think Gosh. like we say it's, it's so hard to pick a top three and I think especially for me because I've more focused on Gavin and Jack and that's what tipped it but there's some I'm looking now at some of the cards I've got on stand on display at the moment like, oh that could really think but then like we say there's some cards not obviously your Steiner 101 is not here at the moment so it didn't make the top three as we speak but when that returns it'll be in the top three most likely when my red wave to five comes from America that will end up gaining my top three somehow I don't know how or I might have to put like tied third just have like 30 cards on tied third but like i say sometimes it's not always about the monetary value of cards it has sentimental reasons behind it or just the story 
what's behind it. And I think that's what's going to be really intriguing as one of our new series on YouTube. What we'll do is actually looking into people's cards. So especially our own PCs, how you picked up the cards, different stories behind them. So I think that was a brilliant question. And like I say, we're, we really do like looking through our collection. So we'll probably do a video very soon, but it's like some things are just different that you don't really see. And sometimes the rarity of some of these stickers might boost it up or card. So like I say, it's a great question. And obviously my question is to you with your, PC cards. If you had one in the top three, is it definitely going off for grading, or does it depend on the card? Because my question is, do some cards look better in mags than they would do slabbed? So this was my predicament with my one of one Steiner. I was like, do I keep them all in slabs? I'll get some like personal like F one Hass stickers made up, um, and just put them all in slabs, or do I grade the one of one? Now, it was very controversial because people were telling me to get it just PSA authenticated because obviously a one of one, if it happens to come back like a PSA 6, PSA 7, obviously it's going to decrease the value. But for me, I was like, it's going to SGC. They were renowned for grading flagship better. Um, and also, I probably, at this point, I'm not looking to sell it anytime soon. So like, you know, I'm going to get it slapped up, PC it, and I'll probably just mag the rest of them up. Um it's one of those where if it's like a PCP that you're going to eventually sell on, yes, it makes sense to grade it with PSA, get it slabbed up. Um, if it's just a PCP that you're, you want to keep or you're not really overly bothered about grading, mag it up. But yeah, in, in response to the question straight, yes, it does depend on whether it will look better in a slab, whether it will look better in a mag. That's the way I sort of view it. Um, yeah, but, but for me, I think some PC pieces do look much better slabbed up. Um, obviously, depending on the grade, if you're going to grade really low, obviously with the Henri and with the Harry Potter, for example, you know, that's an SGC5. But for me, I was like, I'm not bothered about what grade it is because it's a, it's a PC piece. Um, same thing with the Henri. But I think in terms of flipping, and if you're going to hold it for like a year, two years and set it on, it might be wise to do a PSA if you know it's going to grade well. Um, by the way, yeah. For me, I think even mags with like custom mag stickers all in a straight line, I think looks looks so neat. No, I do agree with you. And I think, like I say, I think the only thing that tips me, so I'm more leaning towards mags all the time, especially like the blacked out mags, I think look really good with certain parallels. But I feel like some of the stuff that I will get graded soon um, will be some of the stickers just because they're a bit more delicate, especially some of the older stuff, especially some of my Benga stuff from the 1980s that it deserves the protection. It's, so much a card is a bit more durable than a sticker. It's very easy just to drop. Like if it's out of the sleeve for some unknown reason, it's very easy for it to bend or peel or get done in like sunlight. So I think some of my stickers will be going off to SGC, PSA, or MGC or wherever it will be in the probably in the new year at some point. But like I say, it's a very it's an open question. A lot of people have different opinions on, like you say, flipping, preserving cards. It's a lot to it. Um, especially the more rarer cards should be probably argued that they should go to PSA, SGC, MGC, CSG, whatever one it is, or Beckett even. But then again, I do like a blacked out mag and the card inside it. And I, that gold vinyl, I will buy a black mag for it. So then it really starts to pop. And I really, that's especially the red wave to five Gabrielle probably look very good in a black mag as well. So like I say, it's a really interesting talking point of everyone's different. Um, Obviously now it's like you can get the slab cases as well. 
obviously, obviously your uh, your cousin's in it, your Omri, my Gabrielle's in it. These are very good solutions as well. But then also you have like other ones. It's funny how I've got this all prepared. I didn't even mean that until I just thought of it. Even like the bumpers is like you can get as well. So there's a lot of different ways of displaying cards, like having color matches. So it all works really well. It's just down to personal preference. And obviously you can even get these slab mags. For mags as well, you don't, you can't, you don't just get them for graded cards. Mm. You can get them that fit a mag as well, which I think actually look really, really cool. So that's another thing you can obviously add into added protection to make the PC look a bit, bit more jazzy. Yeah, especially I think as well, custom stands as well now, like custom mag stickers. There's a lot out there for you to display the cards right, and obviously we've had third down displays on before, and they're great at doing it. We see them at London Card Show. We're going to get them on again soon. That they make so many good products to display their cards and no doubt when they keep bringing out new ideas they just look better and better so we look forward to having them on again in the future but I don't know if there's anything else that you want any questions you want to ask or anything at all while the to finish off this episode to... no, I think I think it'd be really cool to see other people's most expensive card favorite card and weirdest card on their PC so if you are listening, drop us a DM on Instagram and send in your uh, your favourite, weirdest, and most expensive card. Uh, I think it'd be really interesting to see what other people's PCs and what everybody else has um, across those three categories. So, yeah, that's a, a plea from me. If you uh, send us a DM, let's have a have a look and see we see what everyone else has got. Yeah, no, it's been great. So we're going to do it a lot more than asking people for questions and getting people on as well, even if it's a five ten minutes of just asking questions. So. If you ever do want to appear on an episode, feel free to contact us or drop us a message even to one of our private accounts or anything at all. Uh, like I say, we want to get a lot more people on, whether it is to promote your business, promote your pages or whatever it is. Sure, we can come to some sort of a arrangement to get you on and onto an episode or even if it's a roundtable episode. But like we say, thank you ever much so much for listening and watching. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to press the like button and also subscribe below because a lot more content will be coming very soon. Some really cool stuff as well from vlogs to some series ideas that we're working on at the moment. So like I say, thank you ever so much for listening, watching and whatever you've done to engage in this. World Cup is nearly upon us. Prism is out. So it's exciting times within the hobby. Everyone out there, please stay safe. Have a great week and happy hobbying and good night.